0: This is the minivan dad soccer pod. Oh, it's incredible! You could not write a script like this. The only podcast where the host actually admits to driving a minivan. Sometimes it may be good, sometimes it may be. And now your host, TJ,
1: and. He- here we go again with the Minivan Dad Soccer Pod. Once again, we only have two-thirds of our, tri- of our triumvirate. Um, this week, I again have a returning hat guy, Pat. Hello. Are you wearing a hat tonight, Pat? I am not. You're not wearing a hat. That that That's kind of disappointing. But we are missing again because he is still investigating his conspiracy on VAR. No conspiracy, Chris, this evening. The Soccer Bright Bar... Is again away. Have we have we heard any updates? Has he surfaced, or is this like a full treadstone type thing? No, he's he's
0: gone deep undercover for this one. Uh, I do not expect we will hear from him uh, for a while.
1: Yeah, and we we, but we do. He's still safe. Is that correct, or are we starting to wor- worry about his safety? As far as I know, he's still safe. He's still safe at this point. Yeah. But the the longer this goes, I start to get a little concerned about his safety, and you know because. VAR and the Premier League, I don't know, It's it sounds dangerous to me. It sounds like it could be a dangerous thing for him. So, so if you have extra thoughts and prayers for Chris and his and his depth into VAR, you might want to use them this week. So anyway, since we last left our, our audience, we've had a few things come up between now and then, and we'll discuss them tonight. But I think I want to lead off with what I think is the big news and really a whole lot of things to unpack within it was – the Ballon d'Or for both the men and the women were announced what on Monday. On yes. the women, on the women, we had Megan Rapinoe. An American. An American. That's and right. on the on the men's side, we had a return to normalcy, and one Lionel Messi. Sanity.
0: Yes. Sanity. As, as he should have. That that is, uh, Messi winning is about the only positive i had with the whole process
1: and messi and messi, based on what he contributed this year he should have won uh yeah i
0: i i there was a time in the 90s where players other than michael jordan would win the nba mvp and it always bothered me because i'm like why are we why are we doing this charade um why why is carl malone winning the mvp we all know he isn't the best player uh that's kind of how i felt Last year, with uh, Luka Modric winning over Messi, I understand he made two finals, um,
1: but come on. And and it, it, I mentioned this on Twitter, and I it's the way I feel, and I I like that you started with the Michael Jordan analogy because I thought that was the perfect way to say. It. LeBron James faces it, I believe as well, and yeah, it. Your yeah. your yeah. Sha- I, I don't know much about Kobe. Shaq, I think more than Kobe even. You saw. When Steve Nash won back to back MVPs over Shaq, when Shaq was running over everybody, same with Michael Jordan, same with LeBron now. Although it seems like they're starting to understand that LeBron should be winning MVPs, kind of like in baseball with Mike Trout. And what it is, is I think they are so such amazing players in their respective sports Jordan, Messi, Shaq in the day, LeBron now. You take their greatness for granted and realize and forget that they are. Head and exactly. shoulders yeah. above everybody else. Ma- Messi is magical.
0: There's like you, you need like I really feel like uh, every time I watch him, and I watched him in you know the last Champions League game, uh, that oh. I I realize I say to myself I'm not watching him enough. He's not going to be around forever, and I'm not watching him enough because he's absolutely he does things that you just don't understand. He is head and shoulders for me uh, the best player in the world, and I'm glad he won this award. It's back home
1: where it should be. Um, and, and and I really over the years, as much as I think he's a he's an awful human being. Well, he's a rapist, so that's why I think he's an awful human being. You're talking about what, Cristiano Ronaldo here. Yeah. I am talking hey, about Messi. Ronaldo, not Messi. No, Messi, Messi is seems, not a rapist. Like a happy little guy. Messi seems like a happy little guy. He always posts cute videos with his with his family, he and does. I think that's
0: and it's, it's, it's outstanding.
1: Gigantic. It's you seen his dog. His dog is huge. Well, it part of it is Messi's not exactly the tallest person in the world either. Yeah, so, fair. but anyway, when the rapist is winning it over Messi, I had less of a, I didn't have a problem with it because Ronaldo he's not Messi, but he's not far behind. To me, that's an analogy I would probably take along the lines of Gretzky and Lemieux. I don't know if Lemieux was ever as great as Gretzky, although with Lemieux's health that you never knew, but it's not you're splitting hairs quite a bit on that one. So I never had a problem with Ronaldo winning Ballon d'Or, but, um, and, and, but Luca, like you said, Luca Modric,
0: he wasn't even the best player on his own team.
1: No, he was not.
0: Um, so, I mean, he's fantastic. I, I, despite the fact that he played for Tottenham at one time, I think he's a fantastic player, but he's not there. Like if we're just saying that, like, like Griezmann made, uh, you know, the, the world cup final and he made, uh, he made it, let's see how far did they make it like, like Griezmann did well like you like but Griezmann's not in the in the uh conversation either he shouldn't be like he's, he's a great player he's he's really really good but he's not messy like and there's lots of guys um that maybe if if there weren't a Messi or a Cristiano Ronaldo that we've been debating for the last 10 years there's lots of guys that that probably would have won this award one of which we'll talk about in a second Um, who's severely underrated, but probably would have. But the fact of the matter is that those are the two best players. Ronaldo's the only one who's close. I know for some people, Ronaldo is better because he's won in different leagues or whatever. Bullshit. Messi's the best player I've ever seen. Um, He he does Diego Maradona-type crazy stuff, and he's done it over a long period of time without flaming out because of drugs or mafia issues.
1: Well, and that's what I was... uh, Thanks thanks for taking the joke away. I was going to say, and he did it without doing... Without mainlining cocaine as uh, yes. Maradona did over the years and still doing apparently, but so I believe the one you want to you are referencing was the eighth place finisher, in oh, one Robert yeah. Lewandowski. When will people see this? What will it take?
0: I if you notice, like at least once a week, if you go back through my Twitter, at least once a week, I am referencing that Robert Lewandowski is criminally underrated. The stuff
1: he's doing. What does he have to do to does get? Does he have to shoot somebody in on, on Fifth Avenue? I, I you know, yeah. I, I feel like
0: there are people who, rate, right, and, and this is like now, like you see this now, people who think Harry Kane is better than Robert Lewandowski. I try to put on my objective hat. I used to be a journalist. I can be objective. I know I hate Tottenham, but there's no way in hell Harry Kane is better than Robert Lewandowski. There's, there's, like, watch what are you seeing? This guy's eighth. I don't think he should have won, and I think that I think that the only guy this past year who could make a case is uh, Virgil Van Dyke. And um, if he had won over Messi, I would have been like, okay, Messi's still the best player in the world, but at least a guy who had an incredible season won. But I would have been okay with that. Everybody else. No, but
1: Robert Lewandowski eighth. Eighth, I just can't. Like, I, he's, well, he's... It, it, you're on. I, I really, I, I agree with you. You're definitely on to something with him being vastly, vastly underrated. ESPN in the last month did their top 100 footballers of the year, and then they broke him out top right. 10 by position, right? And Lewandowski was only the, considered the third best striker behind Kane and Sergio Aguero, really. It's,
0: I, that's one of the lists I was referring to and I couldn't remember who did it, but that's abso- absolutely nuts. It, it is. I, this, and I really, I mean, they're both good players, like great players. All three of them Kuno, are. Kuna has yeah. been doing it for a very long time. And, but, and this it's, just, it's, it, this it's just in. Premier League so is,
1: bias. This just did so is Lewandowski.
0: Right. If, if, and I know that he plays, it's weird to say that he's overlooked because he plays on Bayern Munich because Bayern Munich's one of the biggest teams in the world, but it's because he plays in Germany. Like it's, it's if he were on Real Madrid or Barcelona or Liverpool or somewhere like that, you would hear him mentioned as one of the best players in the world. And because he's not because he's on Bayern and, and I, I feel like maybe there's not as much attention on him. And if they don't do well in the champions league, which they haven't in the last few years, um, that's probably it that's probably why he doesn't get the attention he deserves but he's absolutely phenomenal um so yeah and and you know we'll talk about the women's side too there's a comparable striker being overlooked there that's even worse probably in my view but um but yeah it, it's it's kind of the, this the the big issue with this is even though they got messy right The big issue with this is it's a popularity contest, and for all the different people voting, they're not actually watching. So, the and I think Michael Bradley talked about this is sort of a thing that happens in soccer media. You have people, very few people actually watch the games and try to do it objectively and form their own opinions. People have opinions based on other people's opinions. So, like, you know, all these different people are saying, You know, Harry Kane or or Kun Aguero or whatever, Cristiano Ronaldo is better than Messi, whatever the opinion is, people will then take that as the reference point to form their own opinions. No one's like clean slate looking at this stuff. And if you did, you would see how good Robert Lewandowski absolutely is.
1: And and that's a perfect way of saying it. And you talked about the voting, and um, I'm going to use that to kind of move to the other side of the Ballon d'Or, to the female side. And the voting, again, I, you know what, and I, I should have started with this and I didn't, but I feel like with the Ballon d'Or, all that's happening is they look, the people who are voting and the people conducting this sat there and said, hey, how do we make this a bigger shitstorm than we did last year? And by God, they succeeded. To say Megan Rapino
0: No one had to twerk.
1: No one had to twerk, which so I, I, guess, I guess that's progress.
0: I can't remember if that was at Ballon d'Or or if that was at. FIFA the best, but
1: I think uh, wasn't that that wasn't it a joint award that year still. And then the I, might,
0: I, don't, I can't remember exactly when they split. It was fairly you know, a few years ago, but uh, yeah, it, it was, you know, it, it's Megan Rapinoe winning is like Carly Lloyd winning the year after she won because they won like the, the year that, that Carly Lloyd had the phenomenal final and the U S won the world cup she was probably, she made a really good case as being the best player in the world that year. The year after she didn't play that much, it was just kind of like carried over name recognition. Megan Rapinoe obviously scored a lot of goals. Like, she won the Golden Boot. So she scored a lot of goals. In the World Cup. In the World Cup for the team that won it. So you can definitely make a case for her, and I like her, and I'm happy she won. That said, she wasn't even the best player on her own team, having watched the, all their games, I for me, I would have gone Rose Lavelle. And I know you're not going to give the award to Julie Ertz, but all the dirty work that Julie Ertz did, I think Julie Ertz was more important to the team than than Pino was. Pino, you know, hit a few penalties in, in the um, in the World Cup, but she hit them, she made them. So you can't take that away from her. And I am not mad that she won it, but if you look at like, who is the best female player in the world, and granted. I don't watch all the games I watch NWSL mainly the red stars. I watched a few of the other teams on TV. I watched the world cup and I see the Arsenal women's team on the stream from time to time. Uh, so my, I'm going to be biased on this too, because I'm going to go with, uh, Sam Kerr probably should have won in my view. I think she's the best player in the world or, uh, from Arsenal, from the women's team, Viviane Medima, who is scoring goals at a Robert Lewandowski-type pace uh, for them and for Holland. So I would have gone with either one of those, um, probably over Pino. And if you had to go with an American, if you have to go with a player who won this thing, we do where the we have to pick the, the you know the player the winning team. Um, I thought Rose was better. Rose Lavelle was better, but. Um, I, I think Kristen Press was better out wide when she came in for Megan Rapino the game that she was hurt. But Megan Rapino scored the goals. So good for her. And she did the cool celebration thing. And she had awesome And and,
1: and everything Rapino has done subsequent to it, before, during, and after, on a, on a global scale. It
0: does not hurt her. I can tell you that. Like, no, it, it, I, she,
1: I was going to say, I almost feel, yeah. if you're voting for her for that reason fine I, I fine yeah but if you're looking at the best soccer player female soccer player in the world I think you na- you hit the nail it again Sam Kerr Sam Kerr and it's tragic she was seventh how again how what what are we
0: watching did you see her in the world cup before Australia went out did you see her during the NWSL season She's in and in the eight league before that, or the, the W league. Is that what it's called in Australia? The w uh, league. Yep. Yeah.
1: She won both golden boots. And she she set a record in the NWSL for goals scored while missing part of the season for the Women's World Cup. She broke her own record. Mind you, she missed part of the season.
0: Yes, that's true. And then I, and, she threw you the you to Alex and then he sent her to Chelsea because that's what he does.
1: Right. Well, and you want. And you watch the Red Stars, as did I. So we are biased there. I will fully admit that. However, you know what the Red Stars are going to do. They're going to play it long. They're going to play it in the, to current space and let her create. And everybody knows she's going to do it. And they can't stop her. Some of the angles that, and some of the shots she takes, you're like, where did that come from? Just amazing. And she finished seventh?
0: but again it's a popularity contest. It's right it wasn't Alex Morgan second or third? They, Alex it, Morgan
1: it was Alex Morgan and Lucy Bronze and I don't remember which one was yeah, second. Right. I think Lucy
0: Bronze was second. I think Alex Morgan was third. I, you know, Alex Morgan being fashion model pretty and also on the face of the the team that won the World Cup. I'm surprised she didn't win. You know, it's it's it is it's a popularity contest, but um in, in a lot of ways, but it's not to say that Megan Rapinoe. I'm not one of these Megan Rapinoe haters. Like I like her. No. I'm happy no. For her, I, she's did a great job for us. I'm proud that an American won the award again, but um, I just think it maybe was not the right choice.
1: And what uh, the this is the second year they've had the female Ballador. The first year, which was a twerking, was Ada Hagerberg. Is that how would you pronounce it? Yes. Um. She, and. Did she get hurt because she didn't play in the world cup in the voting? All she did was club. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's not like, you know, you go back to Messi, I think
0: that, I think that that's, I think that's something you've seen on the men's side too. Like Messi gets hurt because Argentina doesn't win. And that's, that's his big, like in everybody's mind for Messi to be the greatest player who ever lived. That's the one box he hasn't ticked where Argentina has not won the world cup. They were, uh, Mario goats a goal away from probably winning it in a shootout, but um they didn't. So
1: Right. And um and I think do you add in the fact that Messi took his you know, took Ar- took Argentina the finals of you know of uh, Copa America or whatever and Yeah. And lost and there the, to Alexis. They lost That's, there, but I yeah. don't think they were expected to be in the final if no, I recall correctly. He dragged their asses
0: there and yeah, it was and I shouldn't say that Argentina – might ever probably would have beaten Germany. Germans don't typically lose don't penalty penalty famously, penalty. famously no. No but they might have. So I mean, it was he was he was right there. That was as razor thin of a game as as it gets. So um, yeah, uh, the they got the right choice for the men. They picked a cool woman who I don't think was the right choice for the women's side. But, but Sam Kerr being seventh and Robert Lewandowski being eighth are absolutely laughable
1: and 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 i think that's probably the bigger picture like i said you can make an argument for pino just for what everything she does off the field and and so on but the fact that kerr was seventh and Lewandowski was eighth was shows what it it, it shows the tragedy of it and i believe just to finish up on the women's side i i saw that the american who voted for bellendor i believe had what was it it was it was alex pino morgan and now it's gonna it's gonna escape me. But it was like he too didn't even watch the NWSL season to make the to make the votes he did. It, it was it was tragic. So on that tragic note, we're gonna we're gonna move on to our weekly segment that I like to refer to as Arsenal Therapy. Mm, and very interesting. <laughs> and this week's be, uh, it's tragically big week. Uh, good evening.
0: Yeah, good evening is gone. Um,
1: good I wish him well, gone.
0: but. It Unai, was em- too-
1: Unai Emery nice. gets poop-canned and shown the door. And Freddie Lundberg, fashion mo- underwear model Freddie Lundberg.
0: Sexy man. He's the only man to ever play for Arsenal in the Chicago Fire, I believe. I mean, if unless if I'm missing somebody, let me know, but I think it's just him. So
1: I don't think anybody would actually ever look for that stat, to be honest. Not going to lie about it. It's basically
0: just fire fans who are also Arsenal fans who would even care about that in the first place. But uh, yeah, Freddie, uh, he is in charge. I don't think he's going to get the job, the job long term. The, the rumor is today that the board is high on uh Former NYCFC manager Patrick Vieira, who is currently managing in Nice, and he was, of course, famously the ass-kicking defensive mid for the Invincibles. So, obviously, he's got good Arsenal chops. Um, Not to say Freddie doesn't, also an Invincible and uh, one of my favorite players on that team. But um, uh, Patrick Vieira's got more managerial experience. I don't know... I I feel like you got to give Freddie a little time. I I think they could wait on making a decision here unless there's somebody like Pochettino who you can get right away. Um, I guess Max Allegri came in over the summer and he was basically like, you sell me on this job. I'm bigger than you. And that turned them off. But maybe he was right. Um, So I don't know where they go with this. um, But the one thing I hope is that Arsenal doesn't the fans. I mean don't destroy a guy who we all have positive feelings for and, and like, like I I, I, I would, it would make me sad if Freddie was hated by the fans after, you know, three months of losing or whatever it, it may be. So I, I, he's, he was one of my favorite players ever. I am convinced that even if he does a crap job as manager, uh, I will still like him in the end just like I do Arsene Wenger. I know Chris feels differently about Arsene. He feels like there's a, you know, maybe a conspiracy there or something, but.
1: Wait, 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 wait. Chris is in a conspiracy? But yeah,
0: it's, I'm worried that Arsenal fans who are kind of notoriously, I don't know, vicious, um, self-loathing. I don't know what the right word is, but it's, I don't, I don't want us to ruin Freddie Unberg. So, um,
1: you know, and. I, I, there's a few things that I want to touch on that you that you spoke, you know, with the, with this. So, getting rid of Emery, you, you got to figure what that's um, a month too late. Should it have been done earlier? Yeah. yeah or did month, they get this a th- month? Yeah, I think that's fair. When the team officially quit on him, and if you're looking at Patrick Vieira, which you're saying he's current front runner from what you're seeing, that's what I'm hearing. Yeah, but uh, why, why, make- why why do you need to make this move now? Wouldn't wouldn't if, if you think Lundberg has any sort of coaching future, wouldn't you want to at least give him the year or do you feel the board is more concerned? They're going to get stuck with um, with a Man United situation. Lundberg will have this team flying for about six weeks. They'll give him the contract and now you're going to eat mm, that. That's an
0: interesting. That's an interesting point that um, maybe he just, you know, because we see that sometimes, like we saw with Ole, where the the change sparked good play for a while and then in the end it ended up not working out and then they're they're kind of stuck with him but um
1: by although, the way, although after today,
0: today yeah i was gonna say after today do you
1: feel as bad about that <laughs> <laughs> spurs are gonna spur sometimes and and uh, though and those and those that are spurs fan that listen to us yeah um i i love poking on its spurs because Inherently, you know, it's kind of like if you're an NFL fan, the Lions are going to Lions at some point. You just, you know, it's going to happen. It's just when. And to see it happen to Man United, who's falling flat on its face, what are they? Were they in ninth? Now, I get it. it the, you know, after uh, Le- Leicester, Man U- Man City, and Liverpool, there's a huge drop off. And it's like, there yeah, isn't it's that a much. really
0: difference. crazy tight, like, foot. Through fifteenth too, where it, it's it's a weird sort of year where that that whole center is really packed together.
1: But it, it, United came in sitting in ninth in the league. Yeah,
0: and yeah. I mean, it's it's scuffing a yeah. And
1: yeah. now I get. I guess um, let's let's finish on Arsenal, and then I do want to touch on United because I do have a question with that. But so you think the the other name that came up this week who has since denied interest, but from what you had said, you think he approached was, uh, one Brendan Rogers.
0: Yeah. The Braj uh, had, they asked him and he said something to the tune of Most managers have an out in their contract for certain, uh, clubs. And I would think he would, and this is weird to say the way I'm going to phrase it, but I think he would be excited and happy and, and feel the at home back with a top six club even though if you look at the standings, he is currently at a top six club and Arsenal is not one. Um, but he's doing a hell of a job with Leicester, a team that, you know, I, I just keep going back to the fact that Jamie Vardy made the right decision to stay at Leicester. He's played Champions well, League since since they won the title and, and he wouldn't have at Arsenal and now they're back in, in contention again for that. So.
1: And my, and my question I was, was going to ask, does this cross my mind when, when you mentioned the Barajas Potentially going to Arsenal at this point is Arsenal a step up from Leicester with the uh, way with the way that Kroenke does not spend money, the way that Leicester's the you know their fam they seem to open the purse strings when they need to. Yeah, and they, I, I think I think Leicester's realistic in that they're not going to go Man City and go challenge the financial fair play, but they're going to spend if they if they need to. I feel. The Kroenke's have spent money, though.
0: They, they spent a lot of money on a guy who's got three goals this season in Pepe. Uh, they spent a lot of money to bring in Pierre-Emmick Aubameyang, who if we didn't have him, I don't know where we'd be, maybe in the relegation zone. Um, it, it, they they have. It's just it, it seems like there's this notion of how Arsenal is supposed to play because Arson was able to play it. 15 years ago where we play beautiful attacking football and score all the time. And we're, we're now we've got a midfield that doesn't play well defensively. We have at least one central defender who we bought from Chelsea, who is very, very good at attacking football, but doesn't play well defensively. We, we don't defend well other than our fantastic goalkeeper, Bern Leno. And we don't create a lot of chances either so we have to do something well the, the fact that obama yang has so many goals in in so few shots that you know, considering that arsenal doesn't create many shots anymore we're being outshot dramatically it's something's very wrong so whether we're going to bring in Allegri or uh you know a more defensive minded coach or we're going to bring in the broadge or we're gonna, you know, Patrick Vieira because it'll make some people happy. I don't know if he's the right man, although I like him very much. Um, it's not like what he's doing in France is all that amazing. It's not that much better than what Thierry did last year. So uh, I don't know. I don't know where what we're doing here. I don't know where I really want to see it go. I do know that I am content with Freddie for now, and I'm glad Unai's gone.
1: And 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 I guess that was kind of it. You know when. I saw some, and I and I'm not going to be able to credit who said, but but I believe it came off Pro Soccer Talk. It was that Huenberg really deserves the. He should almost be given the year if you think because he's been on on their sideline for a while. As, yeah, a, I, as I, an assistant, and,
0: as youth coach, and then this year he's been the number two guy on the bench. They switched him with Steve Bold. Um, yeah, I actually got the chance to meet him in Los Angeles, Freddie, and I'm so, and he was a. You know, it's one of those times where the, you know you're meeting a guy who's kind of one of your heroes and, and you don't want him to be a dick, and he was actually a really, really kind guy. So I um, I, I but if I wish it somebody well.
1: if it's somebody who's come up through your youth system and so on, I, I, I would think I'd like to I personally and I have no skin in the game. I'm not the arsenal apologist that you and Conspiracy Chris are. But I, I think it's fair. If you if this is a guy who's come up through your youth system, give him a run out, see what he can do. And, you know, and we referenced earlier Ole over at Man United and the fact that look what happened. He caught fire. And then they, you know, and then subsequent, they gave him the contract and the wheels have started coming off. And now they're almost in a rebuild, which for Man United is really a weird thing to say. You're one, what, the number one or number two most valuable team in the world. And you're in a quote unquote rebuild. Although, you know, realistically, it's, you're undoing the damage for the last year of of um, of Jose,
0: Marino. yeah,
1: Jose Mourinho, and then is it fair to say that Ole is a failure this year, or is it fair to say this is truly a transition year when that Ole isn't as bad as you think because he's doing everything without one Paul Pogba.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I, it's it's like I said that that whole middle tier. If you're judging it on the the standard of Man United of old. Then yeah, he's a failure, and so is Mourinho, and so is Louis Van Hall. But um, if you're judging it on the, uh,
1: although, did
0: Louis Van Hall win a title? I don't I,
1: keep keep I going. Keep talking. Go back to your point. And I'll, I look, to back I'll look, look
0: that up. Uh, but if you're judging it on that, then then maybe um, he's a failure. But if you're judging it on you know, what he's done with pretty jacked up ownership, I think he's you know. I, I probably would have fired him by now, but because I, I kind of feel like the standard at Man United should be something closer to Barcelona or Real Madrid or Bayern Munich, but it hasn't been for a while. So I, they're not even the biggest club in their own town anymore. So,
1: well, and that, and, that, and that's a that's a fair point. And then it becomes the next question: Man United is still one of the – is number one or number two, depending on the year, most valuable club in the world. But they don't. But they don't aren't doing what City's doing. And well, destroying city's the financial cheating, yeah, City's the cheating, financial fair play. Yeah. Let's be clear. And I guess I guess the, it comes down to is is that um, like I said is, but without Paul Pogba, I mean, where would United be with him? I guess I, if you, you basically, it's like saying, hey, you know, back when the Bulls were the Bulls and they were winning titles, let's just take Michael Jordan and get rid of him for a year. Let's see what. Well, they did that and they weren't as good. It's, I I feel like with Pogba, that team, then you should expect that team to be closer to at least Leicester, Chelsea in that scrum. Maybe not, maybe not Man City and Liverpool who are just head and shoulders above everybody, but not sitting in the, in the rest of the scrum with, without them. So I, I, I guess my question is where does, how much does that factor in? Do you think with United and their success? It's, 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 there's a lot
0: of money parked in that. I, and I think that, I feel like he's going to be gone
1: in January,
0: honestly, but um, doesn't Zidane absolutely want Paul Pogba now? Isn't that the rumor? Um,
1: that is the rumor, and the, but it sounds like the board doesn't want to pay what he wants or what Man United wants for him. And to answer the question, Van, Van Hall won the FA Cup with Man United in 2016. Okay. That's, so, that's,
0: a, that's a big trophy if you're not being honest. yourself. For most teams, not for. I mean, we we won three of them recently, and I we, Arsenal fans like to tell ourselves that it's a big trophy, but it's not really anymore. Um,
1: so yeah. I think we, so we've covered the Premier League more or less. I mean, midweek games. Yeah, I, 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 we got a good laugh today because Spurs spurred, right?
0: Yeah, uh, Chelsea won too. In in my, I don't understand why I'm cheering for a team that I hate, but it's because there's a player on it I really like syndrome that I've. I blame uh, I I blame Alex. Yeah, it's I mean that's probably part of it too. Part of the just the the general sort of aura that that dude puts out. He just kind of sucks you in and, and makes you. Uh,
1: no, I blame Alex Chelsea. because he because he told he his voodoo his Harry Potter Gryffindor magic put Pulisic on Chelsea. Oh
0: sure, I mean it is that simple. I I am wishing Pulisic incredibly you know, good things, which means that if I'm wishing good things for him, I'm kind of wishing good things for a team that I hate, uh, which makes me feel weird, but I don't want him to fail because I feel like as an American, if we can finally create a world-class player, it's just going to make things better for us. So maybe and, I'm wrong. Maybe it won't,
1: but. But, based, you know, in reading what you, anything these days, to you hear Frank Lampard talk about, it's almost like you're talking about two different players, the one the first month of the season, the one you're talking about now. Now you're here in Hey, you might be a false nine. He might be. He yeah, might... You know what? It, it does make
0: me wonder, was was he not playing because there was something we didn't know? Was there was there a piece? Of, I always wonder this. Like, you think we know everything as fans, but there's stuff we don't know. There's stuff that doesn't leak out. Was there something going on with him where Frank felt it necessary to sort of just gently ease him in? Um, Because he's doing so. I mean, even today he didn't score, but he was excellent again. Like, and I, I, you know, I don't think that Frank. If I'm looking, stepping back and looking kind of big picture, I don't think that Frank. Maybe, maybe he didn't get it wrong. Maybe Frank easing him in helped him get to the point where he is now. Maybe it wasn't that that you know Frank didn't understand and Frank wasn't giving him a chance. Maybe Frank was just like, okay, you'll get your chance. Don't worry, it's coming. And you know, and he, it, maybe he knew what he was doing all along. Super Frank. I don't know.
1: It's it's starting. It it really is starting to feel that way. Um, and I and I give him credit for that because for a team with with no ability to transfer this year, and finally getting some of those young players, you know, the five thousand that they. They would sign in young players and then send out a loan, you know, pretty much every potential star from that starting about age 14 or 15 to 19. They would sign them and then send them out on loan somewhere he has some he does have some resources at his disposal. But, yeah, I, I guess I feel like maybe you're right that Frank knew something about easing understanding what the transition would take for young Christian to. Step into the Premier League fr- coming from the Bundesliga. Like maybe he saw players coming over during his time, time of ch- you know, as a player, and said, "Hey, you don't want to come in here; they're going to beat the hell out of you." Or you need you need some time to watch how this is where this differs versus the Bundesliga. Let's get you some time to watch. You know, I, it's just it's weird. But now you hear him, you read everything that Frank is saying about him. You think you're talking about you're talking about somebody who is. Like now he sees like oh my gosh Frank does understand this is somebody they paid a transfer one of the top ten transfers all time in England for it's it's uncanny but it's yeah it is and the fact that it seems like the limits on uh, that he sees for Pulisic or the ceiling on Pulisic might be higher than anybody thought prior
0: it's I've always said you know if you watch him the way he dribbles at people is just different than than a lot of other players. And, and I don't, you know, I never wanted to say he would be Eden Azard or somebody like that, but he, I, I will always maintain he could be like, it's, I, I think the ceiling is incredibly high in him. And, and, you know, I don't want to be American soccer media guy who is hyping the crap out of somebody. And then they're selling vacuum cleaners again. Like I, I understand how many times we've done this before. I don't think he'll just based on, you know, logic and numbers i don't think he'll end up being a top two or three in the world guy but he could be if anybody from america is going to do it it's going to be him so it's and i i just i I don't even really care i i just i want him to keep doing well i want him to keep succeeding and getting better and you know getting more recognition and scoring more goals and i let all that fall where it may
1: it it's one of those things that when he was transferred, the question that was asked with with Christian Pulisic when he was transferred was the was the price higher because he was American an American, and there was a marketing element to it. And based on what we have seen the last month, I starting to think the answer is no. He's might just actually be that special of a talent, and we would wa- you'd see it in glimpses at um in Germany, and yet you know, at, um, at Dortmund. And now you see it when he, when he comes over and it's like, okay, yeah. There's a reason why his con- that, like the, prof- those that know what they're looking at saw what there is. And there's a reason why he was sold yeah. for as much as he was.
0: He's, yeah. It, it's, I mean, if you're, he's a value compared to what Pepe has been doing at Arsenal this year or what, you know, I guess Harry Maguire has done at Man United. I would take Christian Pulisic all day for, for that amount of money. So, um,
1: But Harry Maguire's head. That's beautiful. <laughs> and for those who don't know what we're talking about, um, and, it's, I, and I don't know if it's still there, I guess we will look this up over the next little bit. If you look up Man United in a Google search and you click on players, some, somehow there is a picture of Harry Maguire with a giant head, and it is absolutely hilarious. Uh, I know I've posted it on Mini Van Dad earlier. On Mini Van Dad Pod earlier today. It is. It was absolutely uh, hilarious. It's down. it's down. It's gone now.
0: Yeah, if you look up players now on Google, you search Man United on Google, search players. Uh, the roster comes up. There's like a blank head template for Harry Maguire now. But yeah, it, it's it's screenshotted. You have it on. I believe you I do it, have
1: it. Yes, yeah. and I and I, maybe I'll repost it as I when I put the um, when I put the. The link to this up well maybe we'll call it harry Maguire's head or something like that this week and go with that so um yeah um i think we've covered the premier league correct Anything i, more we I, f- I feel
0: fine with what the work we've done here
1: we have done some outstanding work for the for these 40 minutes and you know those those that are listening still and haven't turned it off be appreciative of pat i mean of heck i pat stepping up and filling two-thirds of the role tonight the man should be applauded, so oh. we should be giving him and him and his Lacroix. We should be giving him some applause. Although I feel like we're just waiting for conspiracy Chris to come back, and we're going to have a Mueller report type of detail on VAR when we can get him out, unless Treadstone gets to him first. And that you know, this is a concern. It's a genuine concern on my part. You don't seem as concerned, but I I feel like Treadstone and you know the dark the dark forces of the Premier League. I, I wonder about him sometimes. So, speaking of people I wonder about, <laughs> Jürgen Klinsmann made his debut in the in the Bundesliga, or his return to the Bundesliga, I guess is a better way of phrasing it, with Hertha this past weekend, and within the first, what, 10 minutes, 12 minutes, they were already down 2-0. Yeah. Yeah, he's on a three-game losing streak, Jürgen. He's on a three-game losing streak, and... Pat, I, I, I thought this was one of the best tweets you've had in a long time. So, I'm for those who saw that tweet come from Pat. It was Jurgen's on a three-game losing streak. Y- do you want to explain it, or do you feel like people should do some research on this one? No, it's it's self sufficient. Everybody knows
0: he's lost his last
1: three, and he has. And um, and I I don't recall if I mentioned this last week, but I know I've said this between in text messages with you. When you're looking at the Bundesliga and how this season was playing out of the of the Berlin teams, did you think Hertha would be the one in the relegation derby? No, probably
0: not. But it's it's a mess there right now, and and they've made a decision to have Jurgen Klinsmann come in and clean it up.
1: But I believe, but I don't believe he's using Jonathan to get him.
0: Jonathan isn't there anymore. Jonathan is playing Correct.
1: for a team in Switzerland, I believe. So <laughs> he's somewhere, isn't he? Yeah. So. Do you think does he get does he pull him out of the relegation area, or do you yeah, think you, th- uh, you think they're you think they're stuck in it? Do you think his methods and everything else have like the coaching Ackerman has passed him by? He spent too much time in California. Call it whatever you want to call it.
0: I know that here in the states there are, and it's usually if there's a Venn diagram, it usually fits pretty neatly with the pro rel people. But um, there's a Jurgen was. Uh, a good coach crowd, and I think that there's a reason why Bayern fired him so fast, and why uh, he hasn't gotten a job since the U.S. lost to Costa Rica. Um, I'm not sure he is, although I do maintain that from a big-picture standpoint, he had really good ideas for the U.S. that we should have listened to, and I would have loved to have him as a technical director. It seems as if, as a coach, it's a very confusing message and a mess all the time. So I'm not sure that's what you need when you're trying to dig yourself out of the relegation zone, but I hope he does. I, I don't want to see Hair to go down and I like Jurgen Klinsmann as a person. So um, I hope he, I hope he does great. I hope he does really, really good job there. I just don't think that will happen. You think so? Yeah. And, and I and I don't and think they you're... may not be relegated, but it, it's it, I don't see him turning the whole season around for them.
1: And, and I guess we'll, we'll kind of finish because I because of Union Berlin is of, of any team in Germany. It's a team that I do follow closer than any of the other ones. And I blame that back on um, my days with OTF soccer and Scooter Fenwick, who said who said, hey, you like all these lost cause teams and these teams that have weird stories and whatever you I, yes. And I do. I, I, story, I,
0: yeah. never, you know. I one of my big regrets is, and when we went to uh, Berlin in 2018, I did not go see their stadium. I went to uh, Olympiastadion because Germany was playing there, so I saw Herzl Stadium, but I didn't go see Union Stadium. I, the, as the one that the fans built themselves, I wish I would have. So
1: correct, but you know, but the irony of all that is because And I'm going to use this as a transition to bring it, bring the conversation back across the pond. Is Union Stadium is not in Berlin. It is in the suburbs of Berlin. It's in the southeast suburb, I believe. And it's not in the city itself. But yet, it's packed every week. Yet, its fan base is amazing oh, every
0: week. Oh, I know what you're doing with this.
1: And I guess my point on all of this is, if you do everything else correctly... You don't need to be in the center of the city. You don't need to have a stadium in the center of everything. You need to be winning. You need to do something to engage your fan base. Although the ironic the irony of, of Union Berlin is before this year they were well, these last couple of years, they were usually about a mid table Bundesliga team. Not not one of them that was content in contention every year. It's only been these last few years that they've been there. But yeah, here they are. And now they're in the, you know, in the Bundesliga and they're probably going to stay up this year, which I, like I said, when they, when they got through, I'm like, great, they're going to have one year. They're going to go right back down and they're a mid table team right now. They're ahead of Hertha and look like they're going to hang on for this year. But my point just being your stadium location that Don Garber is now drooling over has to be in the center of the city, unless you're in New York, then you can play at a baseball stadium or else you're out of luck and we don't want you and you see usl with their things oh you need to be building a stadium don't give me that build everything else around it and you can you will be fine so but to bring it back to this side of the pond you're starting um we're gonna start we'll start it is transition from when when klinsman was fired and we had this year well before triple g was hired oscar pareja was a name i know we spoke about many times yeah on US Fan TV and we all thought this is a guy who should be the next coach of the US men's national team and then he took he took the trip down to the Club Tijuana
0: wasn't he one of the two that they allegedly interviewed uh, dude. he was yeah and i i really feel like he would have been the better choice
1: based on based on the level of Talent, they are now losing to Mexico. Yes, Oscar pareja would have been a much, much better choice. He built the youth academy at FC Dallas, which is paying dividends all over the world. When you look at somebody like a Tyler Adam, or no, Tyler Adams got a Red Bull. Who's um, they've had a couple though. Who's the one that went to Kellen Acosta? Kellen think- Acosta. Um, who's the one is they have? Don't they have one that's at uh, Bayern right now too? That one just went over. Yes, Chris Richards. So, and that, and that's far that whole youth academy system so but oscar pareja comes back and he was announced today as the new coach of orlando city and orlando city for all of its challenges since it has joined mls other than the stadium which is a phenomenal thing they seem to i feel like they've gotten their co- they, you know they hired jason christ and you know and he didn't work out but if you can't succeed with pareja isn't it time you really got to wonder about the ownership in that team?
0: Exactly, yeah. He, he is a solid, it's not like FC Dallas won the cup or anything, but they, they did really good things with less resources than other teams. You know, amazing youth system and, and, and always in contention. Um, so I, I think that if you can't do, if you can't improve dramatically with him, he's not the problem. It's and it is. It, 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 you're exactly right. It's it goes above him. So,
1: and but I feel like with Orlando City, you you need you need to give him time. And and I and I feel that because Orlando City was bad last year. Let's face it, for what it was yeah. for, for the talent they had, they were bad. And I don't feel like and I feel like their management team for a club that has a USL, what I believe it's a league USL one side, they had a championship side and moved down to USL one. They have a lot. They have, I feel like, the infrastructure in place. They just don't have anybody to put the talent there. I think Perea is one who seems to find talent everywhere. And although he struggled at Tijuana, so maybe not so much. But yeah. based on what he did with FC Dallas, you need to give him a little bit of time because he. you have the infrastructure in place. Let him build it. So So Perea is back.
0: Yeah, that's a good thing for MLS. That's a
1: good thing. Um, the, the McDonald's badge-colored you know, Chicago Fire yet are still waiting, correct?
0: Yeah, it, it appears that, although we don't know who the coach is going to be, uh, it appears that, the with all the rumors out there, it seems like they're going very Mexican, which I think, from a marketing standpoint, is an amazing idea. Because if you can't sign one Catay Blanco to come in and solve all your fan woes if you sign several Mexican stars and maybe a wet Herrera as your coach, uh, you, you've you created something that a lot of people are going to want to go see. Now, it, they're, it's still, in the end, going to have to translate to winning, but if, if they're able to bring in Alan Polito or, or Chicharito or Andres Guardado or any of the names that are, a, a couple of them at least, that, are, that have been J- thrown J- around. JJM, yeah.
1: It um, would that-
0: be- it would be fun because uh, there would be a atmosphere again. So um, I'd, I'd be all for it. I'm, you know, badge aside, it would be exciting.
1: And, and and I was kind of hoping Chris would be here tonight because I felt like we could keep going <laughs> around and around on the badge. Um, yeah, it, it sounds like that's the way that the direction they're going. And I have absolutely no problem with any of that. I think it's I think it's the right play. I, you're looking at players that are talented. Um, and you're looking at players like JJM that it's him specifically, you're, you're almost going like an Atlanta route of, Hey, we're going to sign him, But when he wants to go to Europe, he gets to go to Europe. We're just going to make our money back or, and then some, and I think that's the play though. I I feel like that is, there's a lot of talent that plays in, in Liga MX that should be can bring some, you know, bring, bring some of it North. Do you have to overpay sometimes? Yeah. You're going to have to overpay, but guess what? When you're the Chicago fire and you haven't done anything for almost a decade, you're going to, you're stuck. You're going to have to pay. And Mansueto doesn't seem to be dissuaded by this. It seems like that's the play they're going with. Um, I don't know if it's Nelson calling the shots. I don't know who's calling the shots right now uh, because they there's supposed to be rumors they're looking for a technical director to take over for the, the the operation, the soccer operations side and let Nelson be more the business type guy, which if you're the fire, as James and I talked about, that's the way to go. But a lot of uncertainty and a lot of um, unknowns with the fire. And I don't know what I think of all that, I, I guess. You know what, though? It's,
0: it's Sure. Right now it feels that way and, and it may all blow up and it might be worse than it was last year. But if you want to make yourself relevant in this city and I'm not saying uh, that I think the fire were more relevant uh, internationally the last few years because of Schweinsteiger than they've ever been. But if you want to make yourself relevant in this city I think the fastest route to that is winning with Mexican national team players on your team.
1: Well and the, and the last time like, you mentioned Blanco he was the centerpiece of that team, and I I, I was living in Arizona, so I, I I defer to you on the atmosphere. So Toyota Park was full or close in- to it, correct?
0: Incredible. Incredible. Yes, not only full, but it was a party. It was loud. It was a thing that you wanted to be at. It was, and even when like there was a, you know when they were winning in 2017, this in the summer after. Uh, signing Schweinsteiger when they actually did start to put it together. Um, the stadium was full then, too, and there were some good crowds there, but I, I it was nothing like that. My best memories of fire crowds are the Blanco crowds.
1: And, and like I said, I miss those from a, from a perspective. My memories go back to the original Soldier Field, which the Peter Novak and Podbrosny and um, Kosicki and um, Lubos Kubak, Zach Thornton, the, that team. And, that, I mean, for uh, for 20,000 in a, in a 50,000, 55 60,000-seat stadium, it was a pretty amazing crowd then, too. And it would have translated, and it did translate well to the Park for a lot of years until they fell on their face. I want to read this to you. And I, I didn't prep you this, but we are talking about the fire. And this is, from, this is an interaction from Timothy M., who I don't know who that is, to... Sam Stachell from he's from the athletic. Right. And it was, what will, did you see this at all? This whole no. screenshot? No. Okay. What will happen in Chicago? Unlike crest, no coach, small roster, etc. cetera. And here's Sam's answer. This is and like I said, he writes for the athletic. He's one of their MLS guys. Honestly, not much of an idea. I expect them to make at least one hire in the front office, then hire a coach. We'll get a better idea for the type of players they'll target after those two things happen on a broader level. The past few months have been a total disaster for Chicago. I don't understand the rationale behind waiting a month after the season to fire ended to fire Ponovic and his staff. The rebrand obviously not been well re- not been received well. There's a lack of clarity. There about there's a lack of clarity there about who, if anyone, calling the shots on the soccer side. There's nobody on this on the roster. This is an expansion level rebuild. That flexibility could have been really exciting for a team with a new owner who is moving back into downtown Chicago, but they had to have good people in place to actually take advantage of the opportunity. Instead, we have no answers. I don't get it. barring some sort of miracle, I don't see any such path. Any, yeah, excuse me. I don't see much of a path for them to be competitive in 2020. Any momentum that they could have had from the move to Soldier Field. Could easily get lost. It's a shame to be quite honest.
0: I would agree with most of that. I mean, it's, they, they botched the rebrand uh, to a large degree with, with a logo that if you had done any kind of testing on would have not tested well. Um, you waited to fire Pano, which made no sense. Nelson is still there, which I don't understand why. What exactly is he doing now? Who's calling the, sh- the shots? And what's the direction that said it's MLS. You could turn it around pretty quickly and have a winning season. And, you know, it, it, it's, it, nothing would surprise me. Last place wouldn't surprise me. Empty crowds wouldn't surprise me them magically getting it turned around. And, and the one thing that, that maybe Sam's not, I'm sure he's considered he's a smart guy, but it, it, the league is very invested in, chicago being relevant again so the league can do some la galaxy type maneuvering and help push players
1: here if if they want to and yeah again as as i said when i was with james with um james a couple you know a week ago monday and i still maintain i think when it comes if you're keeping nelson around to be a business slash cap guy That's the play. That's a good play.
0: Sure. Because he does. He wrote all that stuff. So, yes, he wrote the
1: rules. He gets that. And that would explain if you're looking for a technical director, then this makes sense. You have a business guy and you have a technical director. And that seems to be the way they're going. And I feel like if the decision to get rid of Pano, I felt like the timing, it just it was more. Well, they have to have another step in mind, but they don't or it doesn't seem like they do. Unless it is the rumor, you know, you mentioned Herrera earlier, that it's Herrera. And with as long as Club America keeps hanging around Gosh, in the, the playoffs.
0: Imagine. Yeah. Maybe they're just waiting for that. And then, then you would understand that there was a plan in place. And, and maybe they're just being, I, I don't know. It, 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 you can't
1: you can't announce it until until he's done.
0: Right. right. It, it, we'll see. It, it's... The, but yeah, the fact of the matter is they don't even have enough players to have a team right now. It's it's a very uh, fluid, I guess, would it be the most positive way to say it. Situation. I, I, it's it, they're going to have to sort out a lot of things in a very short amount of time.
1: Yeah, and but on a positive on a positive note for the fire, and I think I mentioned this to you. I did actually decide ultimately to renew my season tickets. I was just gonna. In. They did wrote me in. Why? You know. um, I feel like I'm a part of something maybe okay. in Okay. I've been I've, I've been a season ticket this will be my 11th season that I've had season tickets for the Chicago Fire. And I felt like for me it's um, several hundred dollars less than what I was paying last year for two tickets. Because of the way the way they they have put it together that for under what is it, under 12 it's half price. Well, all my children are under 12, so this So of my two tickets, I always have one of them will be an under 12 ticket. When you start factoring that in, my price went down exponentially and my seats. You saw a picture where I'm sitting. Um, It's going to be on it'll be on the east side of the stadium. And that was a debate I had with my ticket rep for a while was east side or west side of the stadium. The upside to the west side of the stadium is you don't get the sun in your eyes and pretty much anything. However, Beginning and end of the year, if that winds off the lake, you're a lot closer to the lake than you were when you're it's at Toyota cold, Park. old uh, yeah, it, it's especially cold up in the upper deck that they're not going to use.
0: But um, I've been in a on, and, based on,
1: and based on where my seats are, from what I was told, it'll be undercover if there's weather. So yeah, I've sat in
0: those seats very close to there for a Bears game, and there it was a rainy Bears game, and I was dry. So I can tell you that.
1: And I think that's the same section I was in, or it might be one section over when the last time the Fire played at at Soldier Field for Man, the Man United game. I had tickets for that, and I I wish Chris was here. And we will this might be over the holidays. So as we get away? I will have Chris tell that story of Chris's adventure to get to Toyota Park or to Soldier Field for the Fire Man United game. It was, it's one of those that takes more than a few minutes, and we're at an hour, so I will. Similar
0: to when he came down on the bus for the Gold Cup game, and he was very drunk and very confused when he got there?
1: No, he drove.
0: Oh, so there was a conspiracy about parking or traffic or something
1: involved, probably. Yeah, my advice to him was to get on the train from Milwaukee and come down that way. He thought he would drive and be able to make it to Soldier Field at any sort of good time on a Saturday afternoon during and I believe Taste of Chicago was going on as well. You can only Whoa. you can only imagine how this ends. <laughs> In true Chris conspiracy fashion. Yes, the parking gods were out to get him. So but I will wait. We will we will tease that for a future show because we're getting into the holiday season, and I feel like we, we're going to have some of these shows where we can just tell stories and have some fun with it.
0: He's, it won't be when it. he's
1: back. Yeah, when he's back from the Isle of Man. The Isle—he's <laughs> on the Isle of Man. Is that where we're sending him this did. week?
0: I think that's where he's fighting
1: VAR. Yes, he's fighting VAR in the Isle of Man. So again, thoughts and prayers for Chris as he's fighting the VAR and Treadstone and every other conspiracy that is out there. Um. Any final thoughts as we as we wrap this one up for as we wrap another show up this week, Pat? No, uh, I no, I have no final thoughts. And my final thought is, I guess, for if anybody who is part of Charlie Soccer Club is listening, congrats to Ben, the director of coaching, on his third daughter was born this in the last week. Oh, yeah, I in in about as old this is four. I in about ten years, I wish or ten twelve years, I wish nothing but safety for him as well (laughs) as he moves to three daughters of teenage age but um congratulations to him and on that note we can be found at at minivan dad pod at patrick mccraney for pat hack i pat without a hat this week i'm at TJ Zaremba or at minivan dad pod or if you're really bored you can go to us at us fan tv and i'm sure chris you'll find chris somewhere i think that's about where he surfaces periodically so and on that note you're done